Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here. And welcome to episode number 99 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get out on the trails, keep you stoked, and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks so much for being here, thanks for tuning in, and I can't believe it's episode 99. It's crazy, it's absolutely crazy, man. If you're new to mountain biking, stick around to the end of the show to hear from Andy Coburn from mtb for fun ni Facebook group. They're a very popular group, Andy's a great lad, he was on the podcast before, and I asked Andy just a simple question of how he thinks it's best to get involved in mountain biking and how you should get involved in the sport if you're looking to get out in the trails with some people and some friends and Andy has some great information for you there. So stick around to the end of the show to hear from Andrew. Now on to today's episode, we are chatting to Irish Ripper and Irish Junior Downhill National Champion Rowan Dunn. Now surprisingly, Rowan has only been riding mountain bikes for around four years, but has already made a name for himself in both the downhill scene and the enduro scene here in Ireland. In the opening round of the Irish Downhill Mountain Bike Series in Carrick, Rowan had the second fastest time behind Greg Callahan, so it's not hard to see where his passion lies. The young lad likes to go fast. Rowan has also made his way to race in the UCI this season to gain experience in the international scene, but things have not really went his way. Overall, he's been a little disappointed in his performance, but he is still only 16 years of age and understands that this is a massive opportunity to gain knowledge and experience on this larger stage. This has been Rowan's first time racing overseas, and even though his race results were, well, not really what he was looking for, he has come away still loving the racing and full of encouragement for future events. Rowan has a very mature perspective about his racing career, and you know what, I keep forgetting he's only 16 years of age. You wouldn't think that to, to listen to him chatting about his past and his future and everything else. Um, so he chats a wee bit about what his, his future may hold for him. For now, Rowan is happy to hit the gym, race his bikes, go fast and enjoy himself as much as possible. And I really, really like that outlook. So we chat about racing, podiums, sponsorship, downhill versus enduro, and why Rowan has a 45-foot gap jump in his back garden. All that stuff, plus, plus much more. So let's get Rowan on the show, and let's welcome Rowan to the MTB Tribe podcast. Rowan, welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast. How's things, sir? Uh, good yourself. Thanks for having me. Uh, very good here, very good. And you're saying you've got good weather in Ireland. What's that all about? I uh, don't know. It's weird to see it. Like, coming back from Morsey where it's too warm and then back to here, you don't notice the difference. <laughs> the only difference is there's chairlifts in Morsey, nah? Yeah, and big mountains. But <laughs> no, the weather the weather's perfect outside anyway. Perfect, man. Perfect. Now, Roland, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It'll be great to get a chat with you. And um, I know we've done a wee snippet with you on the podcast before, or Robert from freewheeling.ie done a short interview with you, and we put it on the podcast when we were kind of reviewing the Irish scene and stuff. So we'll get into all that because you're up and coming. You're only 16 years old. Yeah. Wow. And you only turned 16 recently. Is that true? Yeah, turned 16 in like November. So, like, not too long ago. So. Right, wow. So you're still racing juniors, is that right? Yeah, so this is my first year in juniors, and then I'll be in juniors again next year. 
all right, okay, so that's pretty cool. So this is kind of a a sighting season for you almost. Yeah, it's good test season to kind of see where I'm at for like second year juniors because that's when you need to step up the pace really because I Mm -hmm. get with the big boys. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into all that a wee bit later. But first of all, I want to ask you about something that I'm sure you've been asked before, and I know Robert chatted to you about this. But I want to chat to you about a 45 foot jump, uh, a gap jump that you have in your backyard. Oh yeah. <laughs> Everyone seems to be loving this. Yeah. Well, that's because it's freaking crazy, man. <clears throat> um, <laughs> what made you want to do that? Um. I was I had a jump down my garden and then like I, I always like doing big jumps and then I seen Chris Cumming built a massive jump in his garden so I was like well I'm gonna have to go one up him now so I and we had a digger in when my parents were um, building a horse gallops so I was like oh may as well so I just started building it I was like uh, I threw the landing there I was like Fuck, it's massive so I was like yeah we'll just work from here and then got landed anyway happily. So, yeah, wow. And did you decide to make it 45 foot or was that just the way it happened or how did that come about? Um, no, I just I didn't actually measure it at all. I just put down the dirt and I was like, oh, yeah, that looks grand there. So, <laughs> yeah. Wow. And what did your parents think of that? Um, well, they fir- they didn't think it was all one jump. So they just thought it was two mounds. And then uh-huh. until I showed them the videos, they were like, oh. They only realised then, but like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And the first time you hit that, what was it like, man? Tell me, tell me about that. Yeah, because like I can't. Like I was looking, I was like, yeah, it's huge, but I didn't think it'd be that big. So like, I didn't have a huge run in, so I like just sprinted into it. And I when I like first hit, I was like, this is the biggest thing I ever hit. Like you're in the air for so long, you can just like look around. You're like, whoa. And I cased, <laughs> I cased it the first time. And I was like, and then. Yeah, I cased it pretty big, like, the first time. So I was looking to go over the bars, and then the second and third time I got it well. So, and I, uh-huh. I didn't I didn't want to chance my luck after that, so. Yeah, very good. And do you do it, is it something you get up in the morning, you have your breakfast, you go out and hit it? Is that the way you do it, or? <laughs> uh, no, last time I hit it, it was kind of wet, and I cased it and went straight over the bars. It was oh. real soft, so, like. And that was a while ago, so I did a bit of. I've been doing a bit of work because it's kind of a wet area, so you can only hit it when it's really dry. So I've been mm-hmm. doing a bit of work and built two other jumps. So one's thirty-five foot, and then another one's like twenty-five, I think. So they're trick jumps. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping to get a few of the like local lads down and have like a good session on it and stuff because it's kind of a bit dangerous to go hit by yourself because like you're not going to get away with casing it <laughs> yeah that's crazy man and you have this on film haven't you your footage of it yeah right. uh, yeah it's on my instagram and then i have the one of me casing it that i'll show you sometime <laughs> <laughs> yeah well we can stick them on the show notes um if you want to and people yeah. can get easy access to them because it's crazy you know a 16 year old uh, builds a 45 foot gap jump in his back garden you know it's not every day you hear that yeah no, it's like, <laughs> and it's the biggest jump in ireland by a good bit as well so like it's kind of cool to have that so dude you should be selling tickets to that bad boy yeah <laughs> I, uh, I need a i, I want to build a jump line like with jumps like that size and maybe a bit bigger so like you know, if racing never doesn't work out, I can always go to Loose Fest or something like that. 
perfect, man. Perfect. All right. Uh, well, let's uh, we'll jump into the racing a wee bit or a wee bit later. But uh, let's chat a wee bit about how you get into mountain biking. Now, I know you're only still sixteen years old, but can you remember when you get interested in mountain biking? Yeah, it was only it wasn't actually that long ago. I only started about four years ago. Like that's when I first actually rode a mountain bike. Really? So, yeah, I used to do motor like trials before that, like, motorbike trials. Uh-huh. I, I did that for five years. So like, we're me and my brother about like we're both champions like Irish champions in the trials but like I've always wanted to do like something fast and trials mm-hmm. wasn't that fast so mm-hmm. like and I always just like rallied my bikes and blew up the engines and stuff so and then I went up to my friend Oliver Davies house and he had m- mountain bikes and I rode them there and I just got hooked on it from then on so mm-hmm. yeah, I, was yeah. Like, I had to get one myself Wow, and what age is your brother? Is he older? Um, he's eighteen. Right, and so. is your brother racing? Or? Yeah, he races the enduros and the downhills, so it's kind okay. of like a battle between me and him. So, I, so it's good. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And um, the the trials things interesting because I had Nathan. You know Nathan McComb, anyway. Yeah. I had Nathan on the show in that previously, and uh, you know Nathan came from a trials background as well. And yeah. we all know the crazy kind of stuff he does on a bike, you know. Um, do you think it helped you in the mountain biking thing? Do you think it helped you get into it quicker? Yeah, like so many people did trials and I think it just builds up real good skill, like slow, steady, balanced kind of stuff. Like Greg used to do trials killing Callahan, like there's loads of people who like mm-hmm. did mount- trials and switched to mountain biking. So like it's it definitely helps, I think. So. Yeah, it's it's really interesting that so many people come from a kind of motocross or trials background. Yeah. Um, you know, like J-Mag and all came from a motocross background, and as, as soon as he got on a mountain bike, he was fast. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think the speed ever leaves you, whether you have a throttle or not. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, so that was cool. Um, so were you doing any other sports uh, around that time, and, and why did you stick with mountain biking? No, I don't know, like, because where I live is kind of, like, probably one of the best places in Ireland for mountain biking. Like, I have Joust, that's, like, a five-minute cycle up the road, and you've got Carrick that's just down the road as well. And then, like, there's so many places that it's around. And I don't know, I've just always liked just going fast or, like, just doing jumps. That's kind of, like, as a perfect sport for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what was your first bike? Can you remember? Um, It was a specialized stump jumper. I still wow. have the yeah. It's actually a pretty good bike. Like, I, um, so I got that because everyone was like, "Get a hardtail for a first bike to build up scale." I was like, "No, nah, I want a full slot." <laughs> so like, we got that, and I was like, uh, "It's still in my shed." Like, it's like the frame. It's a, it was a savage little bike. So, mm-hmm. mm. and then yeah. I had like, I had like little Halfords bikes, but before that, but I kept on like snapping the frames and stuff. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and well, you you weren't um, obviously racing in those, but you're out riding in those, and yeah, yeah, and then you decided you needed something slightly better. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah, because I got my I got a new proof then after that, and that's like that was like 160 mil. So I did my first downhill race in that, and that uh, was a savage bike as well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That that that's pretty cool. So. Your friend that got you interested in mountain biking, is he riding? Is he racing? Or are you still yeah. pals? Yeah, that, uh, like he was actually up in my house yesterday on the motorbikes as well. 
Um, his um, parents owned the the Grand Cullen Adventure Park, the bike park. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So he's probably like one of the steesiest people you'd know. Like like when you see him ride, it's like proper flowy. So mm-hmm. and he races as well, and he's just proper. He's so smooth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's it's cool, man. It's cool that you guys are still you know hanging out and, and doing the whole thing and still out in the bikes and stuff is it's pretty cool to see as far as kids from school and stuff did you have any mates from school that got interested in it yeah um so sean price is in my school who's in my category as well so me and him have like in the downhills he's pinned so it's like me and him and then there's a few other people in my school as well who bike but he'd mm-hmm. be the main like racer Wow, it's interesting. You've got a good click going there, huh? Yeah. Yeah, very cool, very cool. So, uh, you've been riding for about four years. When Can you remember when you first competed? Um, so, it would have been Mallow 2016 was my first downhill race. Um, mm. Yeah, so it wasn't actually that, it wasn't that long ago, to be honest. Mm. Like, yes. Um, once I did that race, I was like, doing race runs and stuff, I was like, well, this is savage. Like, you're going so fast and stuff. Yeah, and that got you hooked, did it? Yeah, I was like, I just want to like race from now on, really. Yeah, cool. And how did you find that environment? You know, you're you're quite young. There's quite a lot of guys there. Um, how did you find that? Were you nervous at all? Or yeah, I was like, because I knew, because I I got before that race, I actually got sponsored by Biking Dirty, so I was like, I I like I took I felt a bit of pressure, and like everyone, like all the team riders, like Liam Wolf and like Paddy Crane and stuff, were all like doing practice with me and saying i got this and all this so like it was kind of a bit of pressure but it was like <laughs> yes like so many people you don't know it's savage mm-hmm. yeah how did you go on in that first race i went over the bars twice and i think i came <laughs> last so not the best oh, start but, no yeah. no and what about the trail you know did you find the trail intimidating was it yeah was it just big for you how did you get on there i don't know like the track I was like, I think practice I was getting on actually fine. It was like one of the longest and roughest tracks I rode, but it was for like race run. I just like went full out and like went flat out and just like minced myself. But like, was, I just like had so much adrenaline, I kept on going. So yeah. Was... So like you would have been, Rowan, you would have been what, 13 or something then, were you? Um, Yeah, 13. So yeah. 13. Like, and you're doing these, you know, and you're riding, are you riding the same trails the same track as the elites would have been riding and stuff like that yeah so like it was it was pretty wow. fun yeah that's a pretty big eye opener like really yeah you know? like first race like i was the first time ever racing and i was like straight in but no it's definitely quite like something different you like you weren't used to it like at that age mm-hmm. yeah no that that's crazy man and you know, I know young fellas at that age don't really have a lot of fear and stuff like that, and they just go for it, you know, not like us old boys that would stop and look over the edge first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, man, when you're in among that environment and, you know, you've got all these guys and these guys you probably looked up to, um, fair play to you. You're you're pinning it down that. Yeah, like, first like first race, you see people who, like, you follow on Instagram and you're like, oh, my God, it's Liam Wolf. We're like... When I, I remember before I met Chris coming, I was like, oh my God, it's Chris. And it's like, he's like <laughs> doing well in all these races abroad. And he's like, well, I can't believe I'm racing against him. So it's like, it's cool to see. And now, like, now you're like mates with them all. 
sets in. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. That's the beautiful thing, and I keep saying it on the podcast. It's a beautiful thing about the mountain biking community. Um, no matter at what level somebody is, you can end up being quite friendly with them. Yeah. You know, and it's cool. Do you find that environment really good there, that that kind of community, that mountain biking community? Yeah, like 100%. Like, you want, you're never really, like, want to like someone because, like, they, you they bet you in a race or something because like you're in the same categories. I don't like, you wouldn't find anything like that. Mountain mm-hmm. biking, like rivalry or something like it's good to have competitions, but like in the end of the day, you're just riding your bike. Mm-hmm. It's like, you wouldn't be upset if someone bet you in a race or something. So, yeah. And I think that's really cool. And you know, you're all doing something quite uh, dangerous. So it's good to have that support there. And, and, um, but yeah, you guys are all you are all committed. You are all um, eager to win, and you know you all put on the hellhead and go when they when the flag goes down. But um, it's great to have that community behind you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, cool. Now let's chat a wee bit about your family before we get into your racing and stuff. So you know you're quite young. You're going to these meetings. Um, how important was your family there behind you just to get you to where you've you've got to now? Yeah, like, 100%, like, if you didn't have, like, if my parents weren't, like, behind the sport, I doubt you'd be getting anywhere, because, like, you need lifts, you need money for racing, so it's definitely, like, it's huge help having them, and, like, and like my parents, at the start, they didn't really, because, like, they're, we are so big in the trials, and before we left, they really, like, they are real into trials, and then when we left, mount, went for mountain biking, they're kind of, like, cautious like just weren't like it's such a fast sport and it's so much easier to get injured it's mm-hmm. like they're kind of worried with that sense but now like my parents are like full behind it so it's pretty sweet mm-hmm. yeah do your parents ride bikes or anything uh no they not they're into horses instead so okay yeah that's another dangerous kind of animal <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> yeah um you know it, it the family support thing is so big for for anybody that's kind of doing it privateer wise. But you know, for young fellas like yourself and young ladies like yourself, you know, it's it's so so difficult because if you look at the Irish, even the Irish race scene now, it's massive. Yeah, it's getting like it's getting big. Like especially like the amount of fast juveniles and stuff. You're just like, oh, like they're going to be against me soon. If you're getting worried. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy, and it's you really do need that family support because you could effectively race every weekend if you wanted to over the calendar. Yeah, like I like I know a few people, and they're just like they go away and they'd be racing for solid months abroad. Like it's huge. Mm-hmm. Like so, yeah. Like it, yeah. I it's it's nuts, man. It really is, but it's great you have the support, and it's great all those young riders have the support and. um do you ever tag up? Does a family, one family, ever take two or three years, uh, you know, and kind of spread the load that way? Yeah, it's, um, it's like there's a few of us going all to, like, for the IDU masses, like, sometimes if we're all going to the same races, we'll give someone a lift if there's room because, like, there's no point two cars going down. Mm-hmm. So, like, definitely that's, like, a lot of people would do that. It's just handier or even going on spins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. What makes makes sense, makes sense. Mm. Um, Tell me a wee bit about Morzine. How did you find that? Yeah, like, um, so we went over on the second, and I just, I remember, I went to Morsey in two years before that, and it's probably just my favorite place to, ever to ride. Mm-hmm. Like, just the trails, and like, even the, even when you're not riding your bike, just the town, it's so different. 
like you really know you're in somewhere else like the mountains are huge so no i love over there and the chairlifts as well so you can get like 30 runs in a day easily more crazy crazy um how did you plan your days did you plan any particular runs or did you just get to the top and decide where to go on the way down um so like some days we just like go out ride in the morning so like be at the lift for nine or earlier and then and just like ride um just ride anything we want or sometimes we'd go out and plan like to go to switzerland or chatel mm-hmm. and stuff like make a little venture out of it mm-hmm. very cool and were you there with your parents or what way what way was that um, so we went over me my brother and brian grogan one of our mates so we went over and they met up with two of our other friends who had a were have a place over there for the summer. Wow. So yeah, and then we're saying with just like us and then a few other lads from Ireland came over then as well. Mm-hmm. So there, that that would have been crazy, yeah. Yeah, so there's some amount of Irish people there over at the time as well. Because <laughs> like it's, it's, it's a lot of crack, a lot of good fun anyway. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure, and. The environment over there, I'm sure, is just totally safe. I've I've snowboarded there, but I've never actually read read the bike there. Um, yeah. But but I'm sure it's just the flip in the summer that the stores are all full of bikes. There's loads of bikers about. There's loads of yeah. gear. It just mm. yeah, it's like just everywhere is mountain bikes already. Like everywhere you look, it's a mountain bike shop or like yeah. So it's crazy. Yeah, very good, man. Very good. And how long did you spend there? Um, so I was there for like two weeks maybe more i think like 16 days or something so i was there for a while actually yeah it was savage yeah and do you think something like that really helps you ride and helps you progress yeah like 100 like because you're like over in ireland you wouldn't be used to riding like the longest track you're going to get is like max three minutes and like over mm-hmm. there you can get tracks that are nearly 10 minutes long and just like way steeper and rougher mm-hmm. like so it helps a huge bit like if you're riding for your speed or just like riding for your flow, like there's everything over there. Mm-hmm. And would you, I'm just interested in how you would attack it. Would you go out and say, okay, I'm going to concentrate on cornering on this one. I'm going to concentrate on jumping in this one or body position. Do you do anything like that? Or do you just go up from the top to the bottom? Just uh, top to the bottom, really. Cause like <laughs> over, pretty much so. Like over, like when you're there, like when you're just riding, you can like after a few days, like you can just feel like you're getting better at jumps or you're getting better at corners. Like it, like it'll come natural when you're riding that because like you're just riding so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you don't kind of target one specific thing you want to work on or something you feel you're maybe a wee bit weak at. Yeah, you just you just go and enjoy it and try and get as much riding as you can. Yeah, pretty much so because yeah. like. Yeah, it's just weird. Like, um, or sometimes you we'd go on sessions and stuff. You're like, I want to get this section a small bit better. Or I want to try a new trick on a jump because, like, you can just do like in Ireland. Like, uh, if you want to ride a jump, like there might be only one really good jump in a forest or some like some place. But when you're there, there's like like twenty really good jumps on this one track. So you can just try the same trick over and over in the one mm-hmm. run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there any four or five foot gap jumps? Um, actually, there isn't. Actually, I think my jumps would would be one of the biggest jumps there as well. <laughs> so you're looking at your friend saying, "Yeah, it's too small this place. It's yeah. not enough big stuff." Like when you go over there and you see a gap, you're like, 
you're not that worried because like well sure i have a bigger jump in ireland so (laughs) (laughs) classic man classic um and did your friends enjoy it did you all have a good time yeah everyone loves it because like it's just such a good vibe over there so like it's sweet like and i I, in this riding with your mates out like the whole day is savage Mm -hmm. yeah and how about injuries or crashes anything anything bad Uh, um i didn't crash once surprisingly but a lot of a uh, few other lads so there's a dislocated shoulder uh, a broken collarbone uh, and a punctured lung so like yeah there's <laughs> there's a few few bad ones there but yeah you know what man like morzine their their hospital the local hospital there must be full of mountain bikers every day yeah like you'd be out in a spin and you just see like helicopters coming in for like rescuing people like it's mad the amount of like amount of rescue that'll go on there yeah wow if you work in the health service and you you never want to be out of a job that's where you need to go (laughs) yeah 100 (laughs) percent. yeah it's crazy all right let's chat a wee bit about racing then and stuff like that so at the minute you're the irish junior downhill national champion yeah How's things been going this season for you so far? Um, in Ireland, perfect. Like it's going to be going better in Ireland, but abroad, not too well. So, like it's different, different story over there, really. Uh huh. Okay, tell us a wee bit about that. Is that the is that the UCA stuff and? Yeah, like the World Cups. It's just like for juniors, it's the competition is so tight. Like when you're in Ireland, you like, like if you win stuff, you're like, yeah, like I'm. I'm like one of the best in Ireland like that's what people say but then when you get over there you're just like a goon it's so different <laughs> yeah you, like, do you feel that the level is a lot higher yeah like it's so for the first race in Maribor there was 70 juniors and like mm-hmm. it's just like racing against them like there's so many fast guys it's mad so and only top 20 qualify for a race mm-hmm. wow yeah so it's it's quite tight over there already. Yeah, and how did you get on there? Um, so, f- like for practice and stuff, I got. I was actually getting up fine. I liked the track, and then for qualies run, I was told like, because I've never raced against anyone there, so people are saying um, you would qualify handy. So I came down for my quali run, and took it steady enough so I won't crash. And I came down in 18th, and I was like, oh, I, I, I didn't. I was very surprised. I didn't. I thought I'd do a bit better. So I was mm-hmm. two seconds off qualifying. So it was like, mm. yeah, it's, yeah, it's hard over there. But like, yeah, frustrating, man, frustrating. Mm. But it's a different stage. It's a bigger stage. Uh, yeah. Things are slightly different, and you got to give yourself that wee bit of leeway. It's all well. It's good experience as well. And and yeah. and then they, I get to ride my bike, so I'm happy. So mm-hmm. yeah, and you know, it's not like. It's not like you ever feel anything that's just learning opportunities, you know. Mm. That's the way I would tend to look at it, certainly. And um, so, how did you, was that the first time you rode there? Yeah, that's the first. That was actually my first race abroad. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it was a big difference between coming from the IDMSs to the World Cups. Mm-hmm. And what kind of support had you there with you abroad? Um, so my mom came over and then our neighbor, Matt Jarvis came over as my, like, as my mechanic. And that was kind of it. So I'm, I, I don't have like a world cup team or so when you go over there, you're kind of in the blind. I like get to, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so it's sick. Yeah, and how did you find how did you find being around all those guys? You know, that that was it intimidating that bigger stage? Yeah, it was like it like because when you're look like you're looking like in your category you have like factory riders in your like category and you're just like looking at them like whoa, like I can't believe I'm racing against them. Like it is mm-hmm. intimidating, but it also is really cool to see like like you're riding the same track as pros. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure it is, and I'm sure you can learn a lot and take a lot from that, eh? Yeah, hundred percent. Like it's, mm. like it's cool. And you said you liked the the course. What was it like? Yeah, it was like um, so it was in like beech trees and stuff. So it was like it was loamy dirt, but then there's like loads of sniper roots in it as well. So it was actually it was re- and it was it wasn't super steep. It was mellow enough. So it was real fast, kind of true roadie track. It was really good. Like, I I enjoyed the track a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as was it as big as anything you've read before? You know what was what was the standard of it like? Um, there wasn't actually too many like really big features in it. Like there's a big gap in the middle, but my jump was bigger, so I was fine for that. And but after that, there wasn't any like massive features that you'd be scared going down. Like mm-hmm. it was actually a handy enough track to ride. So it was it was like it wasn't massive step up like from what you're used to riding it was just a bit longer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how did you come away from that from that event rowan how did you deal with that mentally what did you did you say you'd you'd have to change some things to get better how, how do you feel what way did you move forward um so i came back and i was kind of like i was a bit disappointed for not qualifying but i was also like well like um you got used to like riding long tracks so i was like just for the next race try hard like push harder Mm-hmm. like really just like give it all because that's like what you have to do for qualifying so yeah that's all i could really take from it, it wasn't there wasn't much to like so mm-hmm. yeah um so did you go to fort william then afterwards yeah i went to fort bill and that was savage so yeah uh, have you been there before or no that was the first time there as well right wow so you're you're riding these blinds you're you know you're yeah Okay, and I suppose some of the guys you're competing against in your category, I suppose they have been there before, have they? Have they? Yeah, there's a British downhill, I think, the week before that race. So I was kind of like, and I missed the entries for that. And I was looking at the entry list and half of my category did that race as well. So I was kind of a bit annoying as well because like you got so many people who were just riding the track the week before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like with World Cups, the practice is so limited for be practice so i'll be like for juniors and stuff so it's two hours of practice i think in the morning two three hours so it's not much to mm-hmm. get used to a track you've never rode mm-hmm. yeah and i know i've chatted about that before in the podcast and it tends to be a wee you know slightly unfair but there's only so much they can do i suppose with the yeah like the, the time allotments but and they can't really have like the b practice with like the a's because that's like with all the pros in it so like the pros wouldn't get a fair practice as well if they're mm-hmm. like they'd, cause they'd be catching so many people as well and there would just be too many people on the track yeah understandable so they got to look at it from a safety perspective first yeah. i think okay so what kind of support had you in fort william then uh kind of the same so i had the the new proof the chain reaction new proof guys were there and they uh-huh. look after they like did a bit of work on my bike as well so i was handy to have them and i had my so Nal davis my team manager he was there as well 
and he was like looking after my bike so I had Fort William I was kind of sorted with like help so it was pretty handy to have like the bike was running sweet so Mm. yeah it was good Uh, and how did you find that that course um that was very different from any type of road because that's just all like just all man-made stuff and it's super like i've never rode anything near that long mm-hmm. so it was weird and like it was such a long track even trying like you had pra- enough time to do practice but i could only get like i only got like five runs in the whole weekend because it's wow. just so long and physical mm-hmm. yeah and how did you go on how did you fare that time um so for my run i pushed hard enough for the top section and i crashed after the first split so mm. i think I, I was as 11th for the first split i think so i was actually in on the top 20 so i was mm-hmm. pretty good but then and then after that i pulled back a bit of time but then i made another mistake just going down the track because like it was kind of like this is such a long track there's so many places you make mistakes yeah, and do you feel in that environment um, that you, with your adrenaline flowing and everything like that, and you know you're only 16 at the end of the day, do you, do you push a wee bit too hard, or do you try and hold back? How are you thinking about it mentally? Um, it's kind of hard with like downhill, like because with the IDMS, like it's different because like the IDMS you can go all out, and it's only like a one minute, two minute track. But in a track that long, if you go all out, you're going to be tired like halfway down. You still got another three minutes left of the track. So it's kind of, it's hard to push super hard in those tracks because it's so easy to crash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's difficult, you know, and even the pros, you know, you hear them talking about taking it easy at certain sections so they have more energy for this section and, you know, and that's at the elite level. And, you know, it just must be so hard when you're sitting at that start gate and thinking to yourself, right, I need to go easy here. Yeah. You know, and not push yourself. Yeah, it's weird. Because, like, once you hear the beeps, like, you're like, I got to go all out for the, like, for this Iran. But, like, it's, you have to really, like, conserve conserve yourself for the track. Like, know where to push and know where to take it handy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's and, like, weird. Yeah, does your do you get any help with that? Does your team manager help you and walk you through the course and say, you know, this is where you need to be fast, this is where you need to slow down and take your time, or is there anything like that? It's kind of hard to because you have to like, if you've rode a track before, I'd say you could say so if you had like loads of practice. But if you're only getting a certain amount of practice runs, you're never always doing full runs. Mm. So it's it's weird. Like when you do a full run, it's kind of like that's a good insight to the track. But do, during practice, it's just so hard to be getting those runs in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and do you think do you think now maybe in the off season that you will make a plan and and maybe go over to these places for the following season and maybe get a wee bit more used to the to the track? Because I know they don't change the tracks that much each each season. Like Fort William, they have the same year, I think. And there's always best off to always do. There's always usually a race before most of these, right? Like an ISS Cup or BDS. So I think I should definitely do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it might just give you a wee bit more insight into what to expect, and you know, as you say, have more time on the trail and 
take these other ones just as a warm-up almost yeah 100 like it's yeah take like just to learn the track even yeah definitely no that would sound good um so did you go to Leger? Did you head over to Leger? Yeah, I went to Leger actually because I was so when I went over to Morsey, you know, I was there for the like Leger as well. So that's pretty uh-huh. sweet. So yeah, did that, you that did was, you race in that? Yeah, I did. I did the uh, yeah. I went to that one. So that was savage. And how did you get on? Tell us about that one. Uh, kind of the same with the other ones. Just like I don't know, it was a it was a tricky track. It was real dusty. So I had a good run. I think I was like, again, like two seconds off qualifying. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. So, but it was just like, it was good to know the track. Cause they'll be using that again for next year for world champs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's cool. See, overall uh, with the UCI stuff, um, you know, what, what are you taking away from it? What are you thinking about it? Um, I don't know. It's just kind of getting like to know those tracks or like, know who you're against like how hard to push for like the next race really because like i think it's just hard to like go full speed when you haven't when you've just been doing practice runs before that you don't get like another like usually you're used to doing a cd seeding run before Mm -hmm. you kind of get get a sense of how hard to push before race run but it's weird Mm -hmm. just going straight into like your qualifying being your race run yeah and as far as motivation and stuff goes, how do you think it's it's impacted you? Um, not sure to be honest. Like it's kind of just wanting to win or like do well, kind of. Yeah, it, because you know you are fast. Like there's there's no doubt about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, because. It, in the first, in the opening round of the Irish Downhill uh, Mountain Bike Series in Carrick, you were the second fastest time behind Greg Callahan. So, you know, you know you have the speed. It's just maybe linking all these wee things together, eh? Yeah, but like, I don't know. It's just this season. I don't know what's kind of up with me. I just I'm finding it hard to push going fast. And then, like for Ross Trevor, like for National Champs, like after seeding, like Chris bet me by two seconds. So I was like, just going like, I pushed real hard for that race, and mm. I was like, why can't I just do that at the World Cups? So it's kind of weird. Yeah, um, I know it's strange and it can be demoralizing at times. But I think because you're on a, a trail that you don't know as well, Rona, it makes a big, big difference. Yeah, you know, and I think your second time round, you will see a, a massive improvement. To be yeah. honest. Um, so I wouldn't get discouraged about it. Definitely not. You know, um, mm. it's it's a learning experience, and you just have to. Everybody has to go through those things. You know. Yeah, understanding. Yeah, yeah. So it's all good. It's all good. Um, so have you set any goals as far as next season goes, or anything like that? Um, not really, to be honest, because I'm not 100 percent sure what's happening with next season. Like, I need. I'd like. I'd love to do the full season of world cups because like i think i know what to do for it but not having any ideas really just have fun riding my bike really is the main one mm-hmm. yeah and what what races have you got coming up um so i think there's still a few i think there's 90 ms left and mm-hmm. then there's but i'm hoping to get to a british downhill in two weeks so i'd like to get to that to get 
a few good results for next, like coming up for next season. Yeah, wow, that would be cool. Huh? That'd be cool. Yeah. Um. So you're you're racing enduro and downhill. Are you still as much into enduro, or do you prefer the downhill stuff more? Um, hundred percent. I prefer downhill a lot more, but I do like enjoy enduro. It's just like enduro's. There's a lot of fitness based in it as well. Like, I don't know. It's kind of I like. It depends on what tracks they use for enduro, really, as well. Like that's a huge bit for me because I just like I hate pedaling. Well, I don't mind <laughs> if I just I hate pedaling tracks. I just like going real fast. So, uh-huh. yeah. And is that what, why you like downhill over the enduro stuff? Yeah, it's just faster and bigger jumps, and you don't have to pedal up the hill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's interesting too, you know, and. Um, the enduro stuff definitely is different, but I'm sure you find that that helps you in the downhill as well, huh? Oh, yeah. Like, I always ride my enduro bike during the weekend, and I'll probably, like, I'd still do enduro races. It's just, like, if I had a, like, it's good to ride your enduro bike as well, because, like, it's something different to the downhill bike if you get stuck in that same rut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll never see you do an XC race as well, we? I did one. I, I, <laughs> I gave up half after the first lap, so... <laughs> That was that wasn't for me. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I can understand that. Uh, no, that's cool. So, do you follow the? Uh, you obviously follow the whole UCI. Is there anybody you look up to in the downhill scene or the enduro scene? Even any of the um, elite guys? Yeah, like I definitely look up like to like Bruni or Verge and stuff like those pros for and def and Jacob Dixon as well. Like coming from Ireland mm-hmm. and doing that well, like him like him and greg callahan and stuff like when you watch because when you think of ireland like people think of ireland they're not like serious fast mountain bikers and then you have those two are doing insane abroad like it's savage mm-hmm. to watch yeah cool and do you do you try and get tips from them guys do you try and watch their techniques and stuff like that yeah like i definitely like just ask how they do it really as well but i'd also like just go riding with them i think that also helps just try and stay on their tail, huh? Yeah, pretty much so. <laughs> uh, when you're going down the trail after guys like that, do you see, they're obviously physically in front of you and stuff, do you see stuff they're doing different? Can you actually see small things they do differently? I don't know. It's just when you're, like, I like for instance, like I was following Jacob in um, down in Plane in Morzine, and it's a black trail. It's real fast. I was just following him. I was just like, I felt like I was pushing so hard just to keep up with him, and he was just going so smooth. Like, it looked like he wasn't even trying going on the trail. Yeah. It was, and then, like, when we get down to the bottom, I was, like, I was, like, just about, like, nearly crashed every corner because I had, like, pushed so hard, and he just says it. That was a nice cruisy run. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and do you think that comes with just time on the bike, experience, learning technique where do you think that comes from uh don't know just some pilot anyway like just like it's weird to, like it's like when you watch videos of the pros you're like well that's quick but then when you see them in person you're just like what like you don't know how they do those lines without sliding or it's weird uh yeah i totally get that it just blows you away when you see the actual speed of them yeah like 
Yeah, and you know, to somebody that doesn't, you just think, well, just push harder. You know, if the yeah. tires keep him stuck there, they'll keep you stuck there. So just go harder. But it doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't. Like it's you could be running the exact same stuff as them, and you're, they just like they just don't slide or they don't like move. Like they don't get loose. Like it's weird. Yeah, man, they are. They're they're uh, they're some pilots, but you know, it's uh, you've got a bit of time to catch up, so you're all right. <laughs> uh, let's chat a wee bit about your sponsors because um, I'm sure they help you out and stuff so you're a, a Vitus Bikes factory rider yeah so I, I'm i and on Biking IE as well so I started off with Biking IE and I was on mm-hmm. their team and then and then they, we always rode them Vitus as well like the bikes we rode with Vitus mm-hmm. and I think it was after 2017 national champs after I won that uh, Vitus gave me a downhill bike, like for free. So I was savage to have. And then this season, I had to endure a downhill bike. So it's like it's sat, like it's huge support, especially like in Ireland as well. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's fantastic to to see that uh, support from those guys for sure. Yeah. Uh, did they? How did it come about? Did they just contact you? Did they ask you to come in for a meeting? How did that all happen? Um, no. So I messaged Niall Davis. So I think in 20, 2017, I messaged him asking for sponsorship, and he said yes. That was sweet. And then so I was riding with them as well, and like, and then it slowly built on to having Vitus there as well. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. for this season, then like being like having Vitus like for the bikes and stuff and parts as well it's insane mm-hmm. so they give you all the support um do they as far as the bike and and the components and all go they fix anything that needs repaired or how does that all work for you yeah so if so if i need if i break parts i'll get like that it'll be i have parts there to get like they'll give me parts or like and then the bikes as well and wheels is savage and then if i need my bike serviced i'll drop it up to bike naive and i'll do a savage job on that mm-hmm. oh, that's great to have that support it takes a bit of pressure off your shoulders eh? yeah i understand like because racing's seriously expensive as it is and then like just having that like not having to pay for bikes is perfect mm-hmm. yeah no it's very good and were you a member of a team or anything rowan before you kind of get into the racing did you join did you join or not a team out uh, oh club a club, yeah. Did you join a club? No, I've never. I like I. No, I've not had any clubs actually. I never really bothered joining them, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's it's because there is quite a few about, and I think it's the way a lot of kind of younger guys get into it is just through their clubs, you know. Yeah. Um, but you went a slightly different route. You just reached out personally and and kind yeah. of went from there with Niall. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And it was cool that Niall accepted you and, and helped you out there. And, and so what kind of support does Bike and IE give you? So the, like, so I get the bikes through so the bikes and then it's full service for my bikes and kit as well. So it's um, there's a lot of and then race licenses paid for. So ah. sweet. Yeah, so they, they kind of they help you out. As far, as far as managing your calendar or training or anything like that, does it, did the guys help that way? Um, yeah, so Niall got me my trainer as well, which was huge help. So Chris Kilmurray. So that was for the season. I was savage just to know what to do as well. 
and then we worked out what races we'll do this season. So that's pretty handy. Mm, yeah, it's good. I think you need somebody like that to bounce ideas off of and kind of get motivated and, and stuff like that. Yeah, like, because, like, at this age, you just want to ride your bike and you don't really want to think about planning all this stuff. Like, <laughs> it's kind of, <laughs> it's good to have a help with that. Mm-hmm. I know that business and planning stuff. Keep That's for the old boys that can't ride anymore, <laughs> like, you know. Cool. Um, so let's chat a wee bit uh, about your motivation and your training and a wee bit, well, off topic a wee bit. What about school and stuff? How do you get on there? Is that, does that get in the way of your riding? <laughs> um, not really too much. Like I'd like to think it would, so I don't really have to go in too much. But uh, no, school's like, because it's in the winter, like, um, this year we're kind of, this and next year, so I'll have like big exams coming up. So mm-hmm. then like I'll have to, slightly like chill down with the biking as much but not like i'm not really gonna stop biking for school so or yeah. like i'm not gonna leave school for biking so once i finish school properly then i like try getting to biking like get into racing seriously but it's not really i'd try like not make one or the other go really mm-hmm. yeah yeah so it's they don't really get in the way of each other you can kind of balance that quite healthily yeah because like after school i can still go to the gym and stuff and like in winter it gets dark so early so it's not like you're going to be riding your bike too much Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so tell us about that motivation stuff then for the gym and all where does that all come from where do you find that um i know like i kind of just set goals like for this so after last season my goal for this season was just to beat chris really so it's kind of like (laughs) because like he just destroys me in every race i was like this year, I was like, I'm, I'm going to get him. So, like, that was pretty good motivation to have as well. Like, it's something to think about. When, like, if you're just in the gym doing nothing, it's kind of, like, it's hard to, like, you want to set goals for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then for this winter, I say just for next season to do well, really. Yeah, and do you and Chris, do you just push each other? Do you just train together? Um, Yeah, like, well, he's up north, but we definitely ride together, like, because, like, he's such a sound chap. But it's just like when I first started biking, it's just like he'd destroy all of us by like 19 seconds every race. <laughs> oh, shit. <sure. laughs> yeah. And then like last season, he still beat me by like nine seconds in races and stuff. So it's kind of like it was um, it was nice to like kind of like after training, it was good to kind of give him a small bit of competition anyway. Uh-huh. No, that's good. And it'll be good for him too. You know, you guys are coming up biting at his heels. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So, is talking about gym stuff and things like that. How often do you try and get to the gym? And um, so when it came into summer, I wasn't going to do too much because like I was just riding my bike really. But in winter, like when I first started, I try go nearly every day after school. Really? Wow. Yeah. So like I kind of, I kind of overdid it a small bit when like, but still I was kind of like first used to it. So I just go in after school and just be there for a while, just do everything really. And then come home just by walking. Oh. <laughs> yeah, crazy man. Do you do like a, a mountain bike Pacific kind of specific training? Yeah, I'd have routine? A, yeah. Yeah, I have a plan for it. So it's not just all weights, kind of like uh, strength and mobility. So it's also like if you crash, like you're going to be strong, like not to break yourself. So it's kind of. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's very different, isn't it? It's just not going in and pumping iron and stuff yeah. like that. It's it's very, very different. And, um, yeah, it's cool. And it seems to be getting quite popular now, to be honest. Yeah, because, like, if you're too, like, if you're real muscly and huge, like, you won't be able to ride his bike as someone who's, like, not. Because, like, you also want to be, like, real free on a bike. You don't want to be real stiff going down a trail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you feel that's helped? Do you feel the gym times helped your riding? Yeah, like, because before I started, like, training, I was, like, I'd go do a long track and i have, like, a seriously bad arm pump or, like, my legs would be killing me and my hands. But then after gym and stuff, you just be, like, you wouldn't be getting tired after runs. Mm-hmm. and like you have more power and sprints and stuff yeah yeah it de- i think you can definitely you know make it help what you do on the trail but you know it's funny because when i initially thought about that kind of stuff you'd think you're training you're training to be riding on the bike so you'd go into the gym and the majority of people would just jump on a bike you know a static bike straight away yeah. but it's very different from that ain't it yeah, I didn't really hop on the bike at all when I was gym, on the gym too. And I was like, because like you'd have two different like types of training. So you'd have on the bike training, which would be sprints. And then it was off the bike in gym, which would be like power and stuff. So that'd be like getting stronger and like with your muscles. So like it's not, it, they're kind of separate things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think you need to do that because there's no point in training just to be on the bike because you can do that when you're on the bike. Yeah, you know I mean? pretty much so. Yeah. yeah. When did you start going into the gym? Because you're still only 16. Um. Yeah. I, like I didn't want to. Like I only. This is my. Well. Yeah. This winter was like my first time actually ever training. So mm-hmm. I started around a bit before like Christmas and stuff. So it wasn't super early because I was like so. Like I wasn't in it like huge amount. I kind of chilled out around the end. But I think this winter I have to really be at it yeah yeah well you're the age now i think sometimes going in too young can yeah you know you know it's maybe not not the best thing for you and i suppose as a young fella like you were saying earlier you just want to ride your bike you know a yeah. gym's kind of <laughs> not what yeah, you're really that it's the last thing you want to worry about <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure so uh we touched on it a wee bit earlier but uh what have you planned for the the future like what are you thinking as far ahead as making this a career for yourself or um death like i'd love to but even like if not like there's so many other ways you can make money through mountain biking it's not always just about winning races as well mm-hmm. like there's also like social media and stuff like and like i know if if i can just see myself doing well enough i'd be happy like in the future like i'm not planning on winning like huge races like i'd love to but I think it's also yeah you just want to get you want to be in that environment or that yeah i don't really want to call it an industry but it's kind of getting that way if you could get something and keep yourself interested doing something you love you know following yeah. a passion and working in that kind of environment yeah sounds good mate sounds good have you any other trips planned for overseas or anything um no, nothing yet for next season hopefully Oh, actually, I think World Champs, maybe. I'm not sure if Ireland is sending a team Yeah, okay. but I'd like to get to that in Mont-Saint-Anne. That'd be pretty mm. sweet. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Mm. That'd be amazing. And is it good being around those guys in, in that kind of team environment? I'm sure you really enjoy that. Yeah, it's like, because it's, like, we're all, we all, we're all mates as well. It's cool then to be, like, part of this, like, the team as well. It's sweet to have, like, 
Yeah, it's good, man. And it, it keeps you motivated, I think. You, you battle against each other, even though yours are pals and out there having a good time. But yous are, yous are racing against each other. Every time you come down Morzine, you're still racing against each other. Yeah, yeah. everyone's trying to one-up each other, really, as well. Yeah, good stuff, mate, good stuff. Now, if there's any young guys wanting to get into it, Ronan, and wanting to kind of follow in your foot, footsteps, what would you advise they do? What's the best uh... way to get involved? I just kind of like have fun. Like, like if you're not having fun riding your bike, like that's the main thing as well. And then I don't know racing as well. I think once you start racing, it's that's kind of gets everyone hooked on it. Yeah, yeah, and you know, for these young fellas, I think it would be even good if they're a bit intimidated at be racing just to go out to some of the race meetings and meet yeah. some of the riders and you know chat just, to the likes of yourself and because you're all so accessible, which is really yeah. cool just to see what it's like as well mm-hmm. yeah no it's great and you know ireland's awesome it's got a great community the racing now is, is really really good yeah and I, uh, competition's getting big anyway yeah it's class man it's great to see it's really healthy it's really healthy yeah good stuff um so how can people best follow you and get in contact with your own um probably through instagram anyway um so that that'll probably be like round and done underscore dh that's my instagram anyway so that'd be probably the easiest way all right cool very good very good and um thanks for coming on but it's it's been great to have a chat with you no worries thanks for having me anyway savage you're you're more than welcome and um well i won't see you in some of the trails because you're too fast for me (laughs) but uh (laughs) but listen i hope everything goes well the rest of the season and um i'm sure uh, i'll see you before the start of next season but uh yeah hope everything goes well man get her get some of those older guys to plan it out for you yeah <laughs> so all you have to concentrate on is going faster ah <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> all right bud thanks very much Trevor, thank you that's a wrap for episode number 99 folks i hope you enjoyed that and rowan thanks so much for coming on the show bud it was great to have you on it was great to have a chat and i hope everything goes well for you on the remainder of this season and obviously next season i'll be keeping a tight eye to see what's going down so good luck sir good luck now folks if you want to know more about rowan what he's getting up to and see that crazy 45 foot gap jump in his backyard uh, just go to the MTB Tribe podcast you'll find that at mtb-tribe.com go to Rowan's show notes episode 99 and you will see all the links and videos there to some of Rowan's exciting stuff that he's getting up to and um, find out a wee bit more about the man himself now if you want to support the show the best way of doing that is subscribing rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts every one of your ratings helps boost us on Apple's algorithms and helps spread the good word about the show to more people. If you're not on Apple, don't worry. You can find us and subscribe via Stitcher, Spotify and Podbean. We also have a website, mtb-tribe.com, where you can find the complete back catalogue there. Listen and download every show. It's free, folks. It's free to do. Now, you can also subscribe from there and get one email per week with a quick and easy link to the show and a quick, short synopsis to what you can expect from that episode. You can also get involved on social media. Find us at MTB Tribe on both Facebook and Instagram. And please take screenshots, share it with friends and let them know about the podcast. That is the best way to get the word out. Get people off sofas and on saddles. And I would really appreciate it if you do that. Now, if you're new to mountain biking, hang around because Andy Coburn has a quick word and wants to advise you on how to get involved 
and mountain biking. Hey, how's it going, folks? It's Andy Coburn here from MTB for Fun NA and Mountain Bike Band Cell, Northern Ireland. Uh, just a wee question that <coughs> Gareth wanted me to answer. It says, how would you advise people getting started in mountain biking and keeping the stoke? Well, firstly, join MTB for Fun NA probably is what I would say. Uh, We've got a beginner session on the 10th of August, I think, so it'll be down at Bigwood. So anybody new to the scene want to come down, have a bit of crack, and we're having like a wee skills kind of beginner's day. Uh, secondly, look through the sites and get yourself a wee bike just to start you off. Uh, don't go too cheap. Don't buy something really, really stupid. Buy something that you're going to ride and you're going to keep riding. Uh, that's the main... That's the main part of it, because if you buy too cheap, you're not going to enjoy it. It's going to be too heavy, and you're not wanting to get out. Also, get to know a couple of people, myself, other people about in the mountain bike scene, and uh, ask some questions, and uh, just enjoy it, you know. And to keep a stoke, I would probably say, is don't push yourself. You know, yes, push yourself to a certain extent, but don't put a lot of pressure on yourself, you know. Keep it happy, keep it fun what mountain biking is all about you know that's the whole fun factor of mountain biking going out with your mates having a crack having a laugh and you know being safe too you don't want to do too much come off rack yourself and then that's you racked for the rest of the season or whatever but uh well thanks for listening and hope to talk to you soon all right bye Andy, thanks so much for doing that but i really do appreciate it and folks if you are new to mountain biking or you're wanting it out there take Andy's advice go check out his Facebook page MTB for fun and I and take the man's advice get out there enjoy yourself get started and um, you will find a whole new world of enjoyment out in those trails and on that mountain bike and folks thanks so much for tuning in and thanks for being part of the MTB Tribe podcast I will speak to you next week for episode 100 crazy episode 100 next week so I hope you can join me and I hope you can join Andy Coburn this weekend for his ride out on Saturday the 10th but until next weekend folks episode 100 I know I keep going on about it but episode 100 next week I'll speak to you then have a great weekend